0: I'm really excited that I get to be here this morning and uh, share with you guys what I believe God has placed on my heart. And um, so, thank you for this opportunity. It's so good to see all the smiling faces. I'm looking around. now. Morning, everyone! <laughs> it's really great to have you guys here. If you don't know me, my name is Allison. I'm married to the amazing Milo, and uh, <laughs> together we get to lead Prodeo Church, which is such an awesome privilege. And it's just so amazing because I get to have you guys in my life, which is just beyond what I could ever thank God for. When we moved to Cape Town three and a half years ago, is it only been three and a half years? That's crazy. Feels like I've been here for twenty years. But it was like I was just like, okay, God, we need our family's not here now. Yeah, you got to do it, and He said, it's okay, I'll give you a family, and He did. And it's you guys, so thank you. Um, I'm going to get into it now. <laughs> Let's get into the word, but can we pray first? Can you guys just bow your heads with me and And Lord, we just thank you this morning for your word. Thank you that it is truth. Thank you that it is life. And I pray, Father, that you would take my words this morning and that you would impart it into our hearts, Lord. I pray, whatever it is that you need to say to us. That we would hear it, Father God. So I just speak your blessing over this morning's word. And Holy Spirit, would you come and have your way amongst us in Jesus' mighty name? Amen. Alrighty, let's get into it. So last week was Easter. It feels like a, that feels like a lifetime ago as well. Have you guys recovered from the chocolate rush? I don't know. Did you eat the, did your kids eat as much chocolate as my kids ate? I was. Jaden finished his yesterday i couldn't believe that he's actually lasted a week i think he forgot that he put it in the freezer (laughs) yesterday he's like hey (laughs) so it is official the easter rush is over i will confess this morning that on monday my kids had chocolate for breakfast (laughs) they didn't even ask i just came through and they were all sitting eating easter eggs i was like guys they're like what it's easter so that is over it is done but what is really awesome is that the message of Easter isn't over and it isn't done. It's not a, a once a year kind of message. It's an everyday, every moment, every changing, every single thing that we do. And so it should it's the message that should carry us through and change everything that we do and the way that we live our life. And so we were planning to end our Jesus series last week. I think Milo said it was the final, right? Surprise! We didn't! <laughs> because Jesus is so amazing, we had to squeeze one more message in. And um, I really felt that, that God wanted to share this with us this morning. But if you haven't heard the messages from this series, I really would encourage you guys to go and listen to them, even if you have already. It's been a challenging series. We've been doing looking at the life of Jesus and how he lived opposite to the world lives, and how we can follow his example and be an opposite people because we also see that as we live opposite, it attracts people. People go, Whoa, well, why are you different? Why do you love when no one else is loving? We're people that take time to listen. When the world is so busy, we're all just rushing to and fro. We're, we're people that stand strong in the middle of the storm, you know? We're those people, and we're a people who serve when all the world is actually about climbing the corporate ladder and I've got to get power and authority and we're the people that come in there and go, can I serve you? Can I help you? What can I bring to you? And last week, Milo taught us though on Easter weekend that there are some times that we just need to let Jesus be Jesus and let him step in and do what only he can do. And that's what he did last week. He died on the cross, not last week, but we remembered it. He died on the cross and He rose for our sins and He did something that we couldn't do and that was earn our salvation. There's nothing we can do to earn our way into heaven. You cannot ever be good enough. You cannot ever work hard enough. You cannot give enough meals away or, you know, there's just nothing you can do to earn your salvation. The only thing we have to do is believe that Jesus is God, that He died, and that He rose And that he now sits at the right hand of God. And so I thought this morning we should have a look at the last thing that Jesus said to his disciples. Because after he rose, he came back and he chatted to them a few things. And now, for those of you who are maybe taking notes then, I've called my message today the final word. And for real, this is the last series, the last message in the Jesus series. (laughs) For real, real. Something exciting coming next week. But, you know, when when someone passes away or or whatever, then their last words are usually quite important. It's something that we pay attention to. We try really hard to grant their last wish or to respect their last um, instructions or whatever it is that they've said because it's the last thing that they've said. And so shouldn't we even more so... Do this with the last thing that Jesus said to us before he went up into heaven. So today we are going to read from Mark 16, verse 15 to 20. So let's read together what Jesus said. He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will pick up snakes with their hands, and when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people, and they will get well. After the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven, and he sat at the right hand of God. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere. And the Lord worked with them and confirmed his words by the signs that are accompanied it. Wow. How's that for a last word to say? Hey, that's exciting. But we're not just called to live a good life. We're not called to just be good people and wait until we die and get to go to heaven one day. Jesus has placed us on mission. Hey, the kids love watching these stories where someone's on a mission and they like get a purpose and they get to do something. But We've all got a purpose. We've all got a mission. We've all got something that God has called us to do. And it's a great mission. In fact, the Bible calls it the Great Commission. And a commission is an instruction, a command, or a role given to a person or a group. So Jesus didn't go, if you would like to. He gave them a command. He said, go go into all the world tell them what i've done for them tell them what i've done for you tell about my miracles baptize people make disciples and i realize a lot of people these days go yeah 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 that was for the disciples or or someone else will do it but if that was a god if that was god's word just for the disciples then the gospel would have died out years and years and years ago but the disciples were told to go and make new disciples and teach them to go, tell, them what, tell people what God has done. Make new disciples, tell them to go and tell them what God has done. And so now, 2,000 years later, it means we get to sit here and we know the truth of what Jesus did on that cross and what it means. And you know what that means, guys? That means it's our turn now. We get to be God's disciples. So I want you to have a look at someone. And ask them the question, who me? Right? Look at that. Who me? Really? Am I the one that has to do this? Who me? And then I want you to look at them again and go, yes, you. So tell the other person, yes, it is you. Yes, it is you. God has called you to make a difference. And so why? Why is it me? Because in 1 Peter 2 verse 9, there's a beautiful verse. And it says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation's God's special possession so that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into this wonderful light. God chose you so that you could declare his goodness to every single person that you encounter. The whole point of being a Christian is that we're ambassadors You know, every country gets an ambassador to go to other countries and they represent that country. They represent what that country stands for, what they believe in, what they live for. They wear their Springbok jerseys all the time, you know. (laughs) I don't know if they do. But we're ambassadors of God's kingdom. Does your life tell people that you are a child of God? Does when you walk around, do people go, oh, wow, I'm sure they're a Christian? Because everything about your life just represents Jesus. That's that living opposite. It's living opposite to what the world expects. So I know we're not perfect. But we're trying, right? If we are at least trying, we go, Jesus, today please help me to be more like you. Help me to love people the way that you do. Then everything that you do should be an example to people. And I want to give you guys a a a tip here, I don't know if you can call it a tip, but this is something that I've always used as an excuse. I'll go, it's not my personality type. You know, I'm more of a behind-the-scenes kind of person. I'm not really out there. Go tell people about Jesus. I'm the quiet and shy one. I've used those words. I've, I've said it as well. Huh? What you say, lies? <laughs> yeah. In the Bible, they didn't have those personality types. Jesus didn't go and say, like, you know, if you are an extrovert or if you're a D or an I. I don't know all the personality. But if you're, if you're that outgoing extrovert, then you must go. No, he just said go. And so all of us have to get out there into the world. Tell people, has God done something good in your life? Is there anyone in this room that can tell me God hasn't done something good for you? Okay, good. That means everybody has got something that they can tell somebody that God has done for you. And we all know the gospel. Jesus died, he rose again, and he lives. And he gave us power and purpose. So that's all you have to do. So now we're going to look at the how-to. Okay, very practical message today. The how-to of sharing the gospel with someone. And now we can't all jump on a plane to India or China, and go share the gospel out there. Although I think they would be amazing, and I do believe that there are people in this church that will get to do that. So if you feel that God is calling you to another country, go for it. Come and tell us first, so we can pray for you. But he has called people to go out there. But for most of us, our our sphere of influence is the people that we encounter every day. It's, it's your hairdresser. It's the lady at the teller, it's your friends, it's the parents that that you see at school when you're picking up your kids, it's your co-workers, it's your family. Those are the people that we get to encounter and encourage every day. So Milo told us last week that we are to be the salt to flavor this world, right? But you can't be salt unless you get out of the shaker. Salt doesn't do any good if it's just sitting in its little salt pot. And he also told us that we are the light to the world. And the Bible tells us we're a city on a hill. Stop hiding your light. We had some crazy load shedding this week. Yeah? (laughs) It was like three times a day some days. It was crazy. So it was a hectic week. But um, I remember waking up one night or early in the morning, and it was pitch black. And you sort of search for that little light, a little light anywhere that will show that the, the lights are on and that there's power in the house, but it was total darkness, and I remember going, oh, I'm not going to have coffee this morning, you know, <laughs> and I felt just like, but you know, we live, in a, we live in a dark world, and people are just looking for the smallest light that would mean that there is hope for them, and I really believe that as the church, we need to stop being in load shedding mode. We're just hiding our lights, we're keeping ourselves comfortable. I don't know what we're saving our energy for, like ESCOM saving it something. We don't need to save our energy up for a special day or anything. Every moment, no matter how small that light is, when you see it, you're like, yes! And when people see your light, that sparks a yes in them, you know? People shouldn't be able to come into your presence without experiencing Jesus, without experiencing the overflow of what he's done. And so I'm trying to be myself more intentional about living a life bigger than just myself, bigger than um, what makes me comfortable. You might not believe me, but I am actually shy. (laughs) This is my family. You guys are my safe place, so I'm not shy with you guys. But in the world out there, I I can get quite shy and I would rather stand on the the outside of the crowd and just like watch what's happening than get right into the middle of a crowd and like, ah, Um, I find my safe place. And then the people I know and I like, yeah, that's where I'll stand. But Milo, he will talk to anyone. He goes up to crowds, he goes up to people, he's like, how's it in the shops, on the mountain? Milo climbed Lion's Head with Paddy yesterday, guys. Come on, like, woo, sorry, just got to say that today. (laughs) So I'm so proud of them. They went and they did it. Is Paddy walking today? He's at golf, so he's stretching out those muscles. See, he's got this. Milo's walking today. I'm like, wow. But he said he was even chatting to people on the way up the mountain yesterday. So Milo will chat to anyone anyway. And so he chats to the parents outside the school, and there was a lady that I had seen quite often, and you just sort of, you know, you, you're smiling, you keep walking, hi, morning. And um, Milo decided to engage with conversation one day, and he was chatting to her, so over, over the course of time, we got to know her, and we were chatting as well, because um, obviously now I also have to chat, I can't go, hi, <laughs> But it's, it's actually been great. So we got to know, and a while ago, she had to go for an operation on her shoulder. She'd injured it. And she's really been struggling um, with pain, and it's just not coming right. And this week, I felt the Holy Spirit say, pray for her. And I went, "Ugh!" <laughs> you know, that was the shy Allie. She went, oh, my gosh. And then the excited Allie went, wow, that could be really awesome. And then I went, what if she thinks I'm crazy? And then I went, what if she gets healed? And then, what if she says I can't pray for her? And they're like, but what if she has an encounter with Jesus? Am I the only one that does this in my head? (laughs) I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. So eventually, I'm sitting in the car having this debate with myself. Eventually, I grab one of our You Are To Die For cards. And I put it in my phone wallet thingy. And I'm like, okay. Maybe I'll do it. And I get out the car, and I start walking to the gate where I need to pick up Becky. And as I walk, I sort of like glance at her car, and she smiles at me. I'm like, oh, eye contact. Okay. Hi. <laughs> and you got to talk to her now. And I'm like, hey, how are you doing? And we chat. And eventually the conversation does just naturally lead, Holy Spirit does that, to a pause where I get to go, man, I've got this card, and I really just felt I wanted to give it to you so that you know you are to die for, and can I pray for you? And she said, yes, come on. Of course, she She actually was like, yes, I'd, I'd really like that. And so I prayed for her, and she didn't get healed immediately. I'm still trusting God to heal her. But when I was finished praying, she said, you know, thank you. Just the fact that you prayed for me means so much. And so I realized, I don't know why I still have this struggle, but I realized it's not about... Anything except loving people. Jesus heals people. Jesus saves people. Jesus sets free people free. We, we love people. It takes a lot of the pressure off when you realize that all we have to do is love people. And I, I feel so often that God has surrounded us with miracles, but we're just too scared to look up. Like I was too scared to make eye contact. We're just too scared to look up, look at someone and say how can I serve you? How can I pray for you? How can I love you? How can I, you know, like what is the miracle waiting? And so I want to challenge us in your everyday life. I promise you God has got them set up and waiting those opportunities to look up who lives in your street. Who do you drive past every morning? You know, like it's so cool to drive past people and go, hi, and they're like, Uh, But I promise you, they feel a little bit better after you've done it. You know, it's these little things that can make such a difference. And so then I want to go, but why? It makes a difference to people. But why, Alison, why must I step out of my comfort zone? Why must I step out and talk to people? It's so uncomfortable and it's so scary. And I want to read you guys 1 John 4, verse 19. And it says, we love because he first loved us. Jesus has done such an amazing thing for us. God has done everything for us. How can we not love other people and tell them what God has done for them as well? And so if love was God's motivation for sending Jesus to the cross, if love was the force that compelled Jesus to go to and stay on the cross to die for us, If love was the power that raised him up three days later, then how can we do anything except in love? We need to be there out loving every single person. And for years I've been praying, and I think I've realized now that I've possibly been praying the wrong prayer. I've been praying for boldness and courage to do what God has called me to do. which sounds right. But this week I realized, God, I think I should be praying for love. Teach me how to love people the way that you love them. Because if you love someone, think about it. What have you done for someone that you love? Hey, Jumped out of a plane? I love you, babes, but I won't do that. (laughs) Paddy loves you so much, she climbed lion's head with you. (laughs) But love makes us do, do crazy things. It makes us step out of our comfort zone. I, before Milo and I got married... I had to test his love. No, Jackie. But I <laughs> I asked him if he would go for a piercing with me. <laughs> and we went for one of those those ones in this little this little party. And he said yes. And then I made him go first as well. And he did it. And then I knew. I knew he was a keeper. <laughs> but love is that force. Love is that thing that'll make you go. You'll do anything for your spouse. You'll do anything for your children because you love them. And if we can get God to put that love in us for other people, then it won't matter how we feel that day. It won't matter what we're going through. It won't matter that I might get embarrassed or whatever. But we'll do anything to get the gospel to them. We'll get anything that they would also feel that hope and that love. And that is the thing that people need. We're carrying the thing that people need. And that's hope. So many people that we speak to today just have lost hope, and hope is a feeling of expectation and a desire for a particular thing to happen, and that uh, we all have ho- different hopes. Last night, I got very excited because I hope that my son is going to go to a good high school this year. We were checking out the websites, and I was like, oh, he made it. No, that's a yes for something else, <laughs> But yeah, I really hope that he will. I hope that we get to go play in the snow again this year. That's like the highlight of every year. The family gets in the car. We get so I hope we get to do that. I hope Milo's making lunch today. He's <laughs> throwing it out there. <laughs> but, uh, but I have deeper hopes. Those are hopes that are, you know, they probably, it's going to happen. But then there's other hopes that you just go, man. I'm hoping that this will happen, but Lord, I don't know how you're going to do it. I'm hoping that we see Prodeo Church go double services by the end of the year. We're trusting God for that. I'm hoping that we will see many salvations in this city through Prodeo Church and through every single one of you sitting here. I'm hoping that when I pray for people, I'll see them get healed, because that's a God that we serve. Now. Our hope that we have in Christ isn't based on our circumstances. Our hope shifts our circumstances because that love pushes us to do what we wouldn't normally do, pushes us to trust what we wouldn't normally trust for. We don't hold on to a hope. We have the hope. And we sing a song that says hope has a name. His name is Jesus. I listened to a message recently of, of a lady who's quite a well-known preacher, and she went to a church, and she preached her first slot, and then the lady, <clears throat> I don't know the churches or anything like that, but I, uh, the, la- the lady that was running the conference came to her and said, could you maybe not say Jesus so much? People prefer God. The word Jesus is a bit offensive. I know that was my face. I was like, oh, <laughs> And so this preacher also went, she's like, I can't do that. Because God could be little g God as well to people. You know, like we, we just want to make people comfortable. Come to church. We'll make you feel comfortable. We won't offend you. But no, that we're not called to do that. We're, tried, we're called to speak the truth. And Jesus is the truth. So I laughed so much because she said in her next slot she had Jesus Tourette's (laughs) and she was like Jesus 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 (laughs) and I love that I'm like I pray that we can always be like that wherever we go may we never be ashamed to go Jesus because there's hope and there's power and there's salvation and there's victory and there's healing and there's love and whatever people need is in that one word so may we never be afraid to say the word Jesus so as we come to a close today, the question isn't, should we go? The question is, will we? Because at the end of the day, it's your decision. And I know it's hard, guys. I'm still going, <gasps> <laughs> do I make eye contact with this person? But it's about so much more than us. It's, the, the, the picture is so much bigger than just us and our comfort and how we're feeling so will we this week go to our co-workers? Will we go to that one parent that you see at school? Will we go to that person that God highlights, it, highlights to you? He will do it if you ask him, God, who do I get to impact today? And that's how we should see it. It's not like, okay, what do I have to do today? Brace yourself. It's like, come on, God, who do, whose life do I get to change today? Because that's what we get to do. We're agents of change. We're atmosphere changers. In the mornings, Milo said before, we ask our kids, who are you? And this week, Judah said, I'm an atmosphere changer. I was like, yes, you are. He's getting it. We walk into situations and we bring the change. So this week, I really pray that God will give you the boldness to look up and then the love to do whatever it is that he has called you to do to impact that person's life. Can I pray over us, yeah?